0: Children of the Watch are a cult of religious zealots that broke away from Mandalorian society. Have you ever removed your helmet?
1: You do not cover your face. No, you are not Mandalorian.
0: Has it ever been removed by others? This is the way. This is the way. I have spoken.
2: Well, greetings, listeners. We are here with another episode of Religion Unplugged, our podcast, and it's on video this time, too. Um, so I'm Paul Gladder with Religion Unplugged, executive editor, and I'm here with Jillian Cheney, who's a reporter and writer for Religion Unplugged, our Pointer Coke fellow, and she writes a lot about culture. And today, uh, we're going to be talking about the piece she wrote for our website that has to do with the series, the ever-popular Disney Plus series, The Mandalorian, and questions about the religious tradition of the Mandalorian. The piece is titled, Is This the Way? The Mandalorian Questions Religious Tradition. And to join us in the discussion, we have another friend and writer for Religion Unplugged, Joseph Holmes, who uh, contributes some of our film and TV film coverage. And so as I understand it, uh, both of you uh, have some background with uh, Star Wars and you both have been watching The Mandalorian a lot. Is that correct? Absolutely true
0: yeah absolutely um it's a it's a favorite
2: um but most have enjoyed star wars fine. in a very long time yeah, yeah. okay well good yeah and it's it's amazing the cultural phenomena i mean apparently disney plus has 80 some million signups um and it's driven in large something versions. ridiculous yeah. yeah and the mandalorian is really driving a lot of those signups it's a cultural yeah. phenomena right it's the zeitgeist yeah. right now no,
1: yeah the, ba- the baby yoda you know has immediately became a meme in yeah. in uh, in culture in ways that the uh, sequel trilogy stuff didn't nothing in the sequel trilogy stuff did so it's really unexpected
2: well this is embarrassing and probably a sign of being a gen xer who <laughs> original movies but i really thought when i started watching the mandalorian that that was yoda when he was a baby <laughs> giving a prequel story or something but then i learned no that's not the case yeah. so but jillian and i were talking about um uh, you know the religion of this that shows up here and maybe Jillian, you could start by explaining to the listeners um, what kind of religion will they find if they, if you know, in the Mandalorian, if they haven't watched it, what's the religion angle here that you found?
0: Yeah, um, so I guess um, first, and this is something that I have covered in Religion Unplugged as well. Um, about a year ago, I think, um, almost exactly, um, Star Wars has always been um, a religious, um, cultural object um, in its movies and its lore, um, particularly through the Jedi. Um, what I kind of uh, discussed last year around this time was people who um, have be- like who have taken the Jedi faith tradition in the movies and are practicing that as a real life religion um, in yes. our world. Um, so Jedi themselves are religious, um, very spiritual um, in a sense, Um, and have inspired a lot of people of faith themselves. Um, So that's always going to be one aspect of it, especially with um, Baby Yoda or Grogu or whatever you call him um, being a Jedi. Um, You, I mean, if it's Star Wars, there's going to be Jedi, you can't get rid of that. So that's a huge spiritual element as well. Um, But the Mandalorian himself um, is also has his own um, creed and religion. It's kind of become a complicated thing um, and is a complicated thing um, in further Star Wars lore, but essentially um, what we know about the Mandalorian um, from episode one, season one of this series um, is that um, he won't take off his helmet. um, And that's part of his religious creed. Um, There's his religion expands beyond that. um, And it kind of expands into a culture um, kind of, of, you know, Um, several Mandalorians are bounty hunters etc etc but I think the main thing is that he has this extreme religious devotion to his Mandalorian creed um, where he can't take off his mask Um, and in that sense and in um, the other practices that define his religion um, he and other Mandalorians that he associates with um, will say this is the way Um, this is what they do Um, this is how they devote themselves to their creed
2: yeah yeah that the the that saying, this is the way when I hear that in the show, it kind of reminds me of Handmaid's Tale when <laughs> they pass each other and say under his eye, or mm. uh, in the case of the Handmaids, they say like, uh, blessed be the fruit, you know? Yep. <laughs> um, Joseph, did you, from Jillian's description, was there anything else that you would add as in terms of the context, the framework of religion and Mandalorian, anything else worth knowing? Yeah,
1: yeah, no, thank you. Um, I mean, another thing, one classic is of, you know, that he, he he has a blaster and he says, you know, like, you know, uh, guns are part of my religion, which means he's probably from Texas. But um, <laughs> I did not originate that, that, that joke, by the way. Um, but I think it's it's, it's it's one of the most clever things about The Mandalorian because they, they in the first episode of the series, they say, you know, Mandalorian is not a race. It's a creed, which is sort of like a soft sort of reboot of the of the Mandalorian um, uh, mythology in order to make it much closer to. The, them, them much closer to the Jedi so that you can have this new world of Star Wars, but still have what the appeal is of Star Wars. I mean, you know, J.J. Abrams did this whole TED Talk a while back where he talked about how when people are trying to take established properties, they um, what they often do is they sort of rip off the shark and we use that to mean um, ripping off a copying the thing about the wrong thing about the original material which is sort of one thing that many people sort of accuse the the sequel trilogy ironically of doing where it's like okay we're going to take the the TIE fighters and stuff like that but get rid of the deeper mythology of the religious aspect of Star Wars Um, and But what really people liked, I mean, again, the appeal of Star Wars is the fact that it's about, you know, this guy who lives on a desert planet with no future and no past um, and no deeper meaning to the universe, who then is told by this sort of, you know, adherent to an old dead religion uh, that... Um, that no, the, you are a part of this cosmic struggle of good versus evil, and this religious sort of uh, order of the universe that you can have access to. So they didn't want to do a story about the Jedi, but they still wanted to have a series, a character and a world that deals with those themes. And so they took, you know, that whole, the, these religious ideas they took, you know, they, instead of the force be with you, they say, this is the way, but it's still able to grapple with a lot of those ideas that really is at the center of the appeal of Star Wars. Um, and so that's that's one of the most brilliant things I think about the series that they they honed in on that and they they um, and they uh, checked on that. By the way, that whole idea that I said, I think Melissa uh, Wilkinson wrote a piece about that a couple of years ago about that interpretation of Star Wars. So that's uh, yeah, oh. pretty cool.
2: Next time we talk Mandalorian, we should try to get her in here too. <laughs> mm, she, that should be great. Yeah, yeah. So I got a question for both of you. Um, Hopefully, yeah. we have answers. Well, I hope so. You know, <laughs> so. Um, at first I wondered, will the Mandalorian sustain an audience when you've got a main character who's got a, you know, um, uh, rough voice and no facial expressions and who seems to be a bounty hunter with, uh, who follows creeds, but doesn't seem to have empathy. Mm-hmm. And, you know, in other words, like, so the, is it true the Jedi and the Mandalorians, um, you know, have a sense of duty, but not Maybe love, in, in you know, in their in their religion or something, and um, how does that play out in the series in terms of uh, relationships to others?
0: Yeah, I mean, so I think um, something that I kind of touch on in the piece is also one of the biggest themes in Star Wars is. You know what i guess kind of what happens when you follow your religion wrong um and hmm. that kind of is the whole Anakin yeah. skywalker um right. downfall um because he wants to be a jedi he's supposedly the chosen one um but then like falls in love with padme and it's like well i love her but i want to be a jedi too i want to use my um like jedi um, abilities to protect her to protect our children um, but part of the, um, like, the Jedi ideology is that when you form these deep connections to other people outside of your religion, essentially, um, that leads you to um, things like fear, um, mm. you know, like fear that hit, that Padme is going to get hurt or that their children are going to get hurt, um, which then leads to, like, rash actions or anger or, you know, different things like that. Um, and so I think... I wouldn't say that necessarily the that devoids the jedi of love in their religion um but I think it does warn against you know kind of personal attachments I mean
2: yeah
0: if you wanted to make a direct analogy you could just call it like the christian saying like you know we're not of this world so you're not supposed to you know latch on to certain things I don't know if that's exactly it or even if I would fully support that but um, it's not necessarily saying you have to be devoid of emotion or devoid of human connection, um, but just rather that, like, um, you can't put other things above um, your practice. So
1: that's it's, it's very interesting because I watched a lecture by... Um... James K. Smith, the philosopher um, who wrote Imagining the Kingdom, and Desiring the Kingdom. Uh, and he talked about how originally George Lucas intended to sort of very much build uh, Star Wars around Buddhist and, and Hindu philosophy. And, and one of his lessons he wanted to be is a, a lesson against attachment. Um, and, and attachment is, is problematic because it's problematic in those uh, religious philosophies, at least according to in, in, uh, George Lucas's mind. But the problem, the thing is sort of, he accidentally undid that sort of lesson, if that's what he wanted to do in Star Wars, because what actually redeems Darth Vader and redeems the world and saves the world is Darth Vader's attachment to Luke. And I think that's an interesting aspect of Mandalorian that they're, expl- they're exploring a bit more explicitly is the fact that he has his duties, but the thing that redeems him and makes him redemptive is his relationship with the baby Yoda character, is his relationship with um, uh, with Grogu uh, as his name has been revealed, but the internet will never adopt. Um, but, it's, um, but that's part of in the central conflict sort of the second season, as you, you pointed out, Jillian, is that um, there, there's a lot of the question of how much is it worth following your religion if it has these arbitrary rules that prevent you from loving others. And, and it, it's, it's, it's similar to sort of the question in like silence where it's like, what's more important is, is it to follow your religious edicts or, um, or, or to love other people. And then he, here, there's a sort of for Christians, there's the whole, you know, Sabbath was made for man, not man for Sabbath thing. So if you have these religious rules, what if they cause you to not help others or harm others? So as you're pointing out in your piece, you know, he's got, um, this helmet he has to take off. What if he has to take off his helmet in order to, um, in order to save, uh save someone and or and also like there's he meets other religious sets that have different views of his, which is something that like a lot of very like modern Christians and modern religious people who live in a multicultural postmodern society experience where it's like, oh, you have this interpretation of religion, but other people have different who's to say mine is right. So if you would kind of maybe go a bit on that since you talked about that in your piece, if you would go talk about that a little bit, Jillian, that, that aspect of it.
2: Yeah. yeah. Like so it, it's especially with the 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 helmet seems to be this symbol yeah. and armor and the best the beskar steel right all his yeah. armor and his helmets made of this steel, um, but that keeps recurring over throughout as a symbol it seems like um, yes the, the the beskar steel helmet and the the unwillingness to take that helmet off so. Um, what does that have to do with religion and the things that Joseph was asking, Jillian? Because you, yeah. you dealt with that a lot in the piece, which people should go and read at Religion on Mars, yes. by the way, yeah. and comment and tweet and share with all your friends. Get the whole Star Wars universe talking about it. Exactly. Let's, yeah, yeah and, let's, and let's hear from Jillian a little more on why she focused on that helmet so yeah. much and these questions that Joseph raises.
0: Yeah, so I think, Joseph, first of all, to your point, I thought it was really interesting how you brought up that the thing that redeems the Mandalorian as a character is his connection to Grogu. And I totally agree. Um, it's, I mean, it's, I don't know, it's kind of a story that never gets old when you do it <laughs> the right way. Just like the like the silent, sturdy, gruff type that like develops a soft spot for something that is as cute as Baby Yoda. Yeah. You really can't go wrong. Um, but then, you know, while that is what redeems him, it's also kind of what threatens to um, take away his creed and his yeah. religion and his way of life. And I think it, the the connection has to do like it threatens to do the same thing for Baby Yoda as well. Like if you mm. hope to become a Jedi, yeah. um, both of them kind of can't keep up just like a straight attachment to each other right. if they hope to keep practicing their individual uh, religions. Um, and so I think kind of the helmet is a really interesting point to center on that idea of connection, um, especially because the helmet is what kind of keeps us from seeing what he's feeling, mm-hmm. um, which isn't, I guess, fully true. One of the things that I love about the Mandalorian is that you kind of always know what he's feeling, even yeah. though you can't see his face, um, just based on his body language or you yeah. know, whatever. Um, but we're not seeing like his eyes, his mouth. Right. Uh, when he, you know, um, so, you know, when, when someone says something to him and he doesn't respond, you don't know what he's thinking or what he's feeling because you can't see his face. Um, And so I think on some level that kind of prevents um, connection with other people um, and even kind of a connection with the audience, which I think is, you know, super interesting. Um, But then, you know, just the fact alone that that is the helmet um, is part of his creed um, as he's been raised. And there's a lot of discussion um, in Star Wars communities in the show itself about whether or not uh, Mandalorians should wear their helmets. Um, Hmm. As we've learned this season, um, or if you have read way more into Star Wars (laughs) than I have, something you may have known for a while that um, since Mandalorians are just a clan, they, they practice their religion in different ways. Yeah. Um, and our character, the Mandalorian or Mando, um, has, was raised in a kind of religious sect that is like wanted to establish ancient ways and was more right. fundamentalist in nature. Um, so there's a ton to unpack there. But as it comes down to it, um, he can't take his helmet off as part of the way that he was raised to practice the faith. Right, um, And so I think that it's it's important both as an object of connection to other people or other um, living things, um, and it's just important um, as as a religious practice. Right. Um, as yeah. every religion has its own practices.
2: Well, you know, a fascinating part of this too is how this, the the uh, the filmmakers, the storytellers um, play on. We learn that uh, Mando, his character as a child converted to was essentially right. rescued by Mandalorians converts to be a Mandalorian. Right. And, you know, one thinks that he is a fundamentalist a, cause that's how he grew up, but there's also that emotional bond of these were the people who saved right. him, you know, and in religion, a lot of us adopt the religion of our parents and whether, and then you have to, as an adult make that religion your own and decide with what theology and practices of belief one has. And that's where, to me, it, this season's become so interesting, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. And Jillian points to this, um, you know, you see people, you see these sort of moral questions or compromises as to how rigid the Mandalorian will remain, um, uh, especially to save another young person like him that we talked about, who probably reminds him of himself, yep. a little orphan in the world. So, um, you know the second to the last episode of the season there's this dialogue that Jillian quotes in her piece between Mayfield um uh right, they're riding in this this vehicle uh you know taking trying to infiltrate this base and uh our character has to take his mask off his helmet off and while they're riding one of us should read uh i've got this called up so maybe i'll, I'll go ahead and read this where um uh, Mayfield proceeds to get philosophical. Mayfield is sitting there with Mando in this car, trying to persuade him to take this helmet off, and, and essentially criticizing his rigidity and his religion, right, yeah. and, and his practice. And he says, "You said you couldn't take your helmet off, and now you got a stormtrooper one on. So what's the rule? Is it that you can't take off your Mando helmet, or you can't show your face? Because there is a difference. Look, I'm just saying, we're all the same." Every, everybody's got their lines. They don't cross until things get messy. As far as I'm concerned, if you can make it through your day and still sleep at night, you're doing better than most. And if you know these characters, there's a lot more kind of yeah. background and stuff to it. But when I watched that scene, I was, you know, I'm curious what, what, you, what you two saw in it. But I was seeing um, kind of a dialogue that one, it's a coming-of-age dialogue that almost everybody who has religious practice and beliefs of some kind encounters. And, and beyond religion, and anybody who has every moral choice you make um, or principle you try to hold probably is challenged in some way like that.
0: Mm-hmm. Um,
2: curious what, what you guys were thinking in the last uh, couple episodes as this started to develop. Yeah. So much there. Why don't you go first, Jillian?
0: Yeah. Um, I mean, it, this kind of is interesting to me primarily as a... Um, just like kind of a, as a it, it felt like everything in the show um, regarding the helmet had kind of been leading up to this. Um, I kind of was proven wrong in the last episode because it gets even better. Um, <laughs> but I think something that was interesting to me is the development of, um, just the like the reason why Mando would take off his helmet because the first and only time it happens in the first season mm-hmm. is like in a life or death scenario. Right. And the droid who is technically like, wouldn't be classified as a living thing. And so couldn't make him break his creed. Right. Like Mando's about to die. And he's like, I will not take off my helmet to let you heal me because this is part of my creed. And the droid has to be like, I'm not a living thing. I'm not like, it doesn't matter. This doesn't you know affect anything. And so finally he does it. And it's interesting to that the audience still sees his face. Um, I've had friends mm. say different things to me. Like um, one of them was like, I feel like I have to close my eyes or look away whenever mm. he takes his helmet off, which I just thought was so interesting. Um, wow, that's great. And so I just think that's fascinating. Um, and it kind of is true because whenever we see his face, it feels like we're invading on something sacred because we're like participating in him um, breaking yeah. his creed. Um, but it goes from that to in the scene, um, you know, this guy's essentially trying to peer pressure him out of, <laughs> out of his helmet yeah. um, just because like for comfort or, um, you know, whatever the reason is. Um, and he ends up taking his helmet off because it is necessary for him to get these coordinates to help him save baby Yoda. So um, it goes from like life or death scenario, him being goaded into it, To, um, you know, him kind of questioning when er earlier Mandalorians are like, well, you were raised in a cult. Um, And then him ultimately just choosing because it's what's best for himself, what's best for like the rescue mission. um, and And it's what he needs to do. So I thought that was really fascinating.
1: Yeah, no, it's it's really and it is really fascinating. Again, it's 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 sort of, I don't know, it's, it sounds cliche to say this, but like, you know, this is the world that religion lives in nowadays, because again, there are so many options for interpreting the world. That's what it means to live in a, a postmodern world. Um, and so that's a particular challenge for anybody who is religious sort of expression. And, you know, in, in the, in the original Star Wars movies, there's like, it's, it's sort of like the pre postmodern era still, because there's only two options. Like you can, or maybe three options. You can be like Han Solo and not believe in it. You can be a Jedi or you can be a Sith. Where this is like, there's so many more different ways to look at the world. They even give the empire, um, their day to explain why they believe in what they do. Um, which makes it more very interesting, and more complex in ways that would have been really nice if the sequel trilogy had attempted to do any such thing um, instead of just being, ah, burn it all down. But anyway, that's a whole other thing. Um, I think that, you know, what, what's interesting, though, is that this, this show, it would have been really, it's, it, the show really does respect a lot the holding on to a creed because well, they show a lot of the advantages of holding on to a creed, which is that you get access to these ancient traditions, which were just ancient ways of solving problems. You know and and like again mandalorian is the biggest you know most powerful person on the show because he has access to these traditions um he also has you know at the beginning of the show he has a reputation people believe they can depend on him because they know okay he's not going to break these rules therefore we can depend on him to behave in a predictable way and therefore and that gives him access to people's trust it gives him access to things that help him on his quest with uh, to 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 save Grogu Baby Yoda, um, even that's even that is also the reason that he does take initially, um, uh, the Baby Yoda to the Jedi is because it's like, no, you you have to do this, this is your um, this is your duty because it's even this is your contract. And so, they show actually the ways in which it's it, it's really easy to say, oh, the religion is keeping him rigid and he has to reject it, but the religion has also gives him access to that, and actually. His creed is what gives him access to the relationship that he then is able to use to be more flexible with his his beliefs, um, and so I think that it's it's really interesting that they show they show it as complicated and they show it as a problem. That's why it's a source of conflict because it is a difficult decision. Um, it's not an easy decision like a lot of people make it out to be, um, and you you could. You know, it's like, you know, a lot of Christians were very, you know, I've had a lot of people like leaving the faith recently because they were, you know, and I, you know, if, if you're on YouTube, it's like, you know, Rhett and Link, you know, just being like, hey, like, I thought that, you know, it seemed to me like believing in my faith, I, I choose between believing my faith and loving my gay friends. And it's like, and eventually I just said I had to love my gay friends instead of holding to my faith and that to, um, And, and so I think that they're, the fact that they're asking these questions, but they're making the religious aspect of it um not a straw man is I think the most interesting thing about the show. And I, I'm I'll be very interested in seeing if they actually um they play that forward going forward.
2: Um that because that will make the show really compelling. Yeah. Well that's and that's I think a good zone to to talk about. But you know what you like what we see, you know, when we're watching these things you're talking about, I, I find myself reflecting on how you know a Muslim woman who wears a burqa in one sense, can relate to the Mandalorian. That's a great point. Um, a, a Mormon uh, missionary who has to, you know, dress a certain way and not yep. drink coffee relates yep. to the Mandalorian. The, you know, the teetotaling Baptist relates to the yep. Mandalorian. The uh, a Jewish person who, who wears a yarmulke or a wig or, or yep. whatever uh, for depending on what part of Jewish sect they are. These all relate in a sense to this character and to this universe that. Yep that um, Favreau and others have created here, where, so to talk about where it's going and you all have, you two have seen (laughs) the the past episode, I haven't, so you have a better answer perspective on this. Mm -hmm. I saw some headlines, some people online suggesting the the religion lens that that, um, this is really heading towards just saying a pluralist world, uh, no wars, you know, a more peaceful and pluralist world is better than one of tribalism and war, or that um, and if that's the case, then does The Mandalorian end up as a Unitarian Universalist? Or uh, what What do you think we're going to see going forward?
0: I think I kind of have, I don't know, I, because I don't know. And so, Joseph, I want to let you give your prediction because I don't have one. But what I noticed is that I totally agree about, you know, um, like a Muslim woman wearing a burqa can relate to The Mandalorian. But I think... At some point, those similarities stop because it. I think what I have seen with what happens with the Mandalorian is that he has found that when he takes off his helmet, um, nothing bad necessarily happens. Um, it comes as a great pain to him because he knows um, that he's broken his creed, as it would do kind of to anyone. Um, and I think we can, when we talk about the last episode, um, like. I would love to hear your thoughts kind of on what makes him take his helmet off, um, you know, in this last episode, but I haven't, and I haven't seen um, in our world examples of religious people who, um, you know, I I, I guess, so in the, in the example of like Muslim women wearing face coverings or head coverings, um, a lot of times um, Muslim women will choose not to wear hijabs because Um, of their own personal reasons to practice the faith. Um, And some of them, I guess, will wear them, wear them sometimes, not wear them other times. Um, But with The Mandalorian, it seems more of, I guess, it it almost felt anticlimactic um, in the way that they handled his helmet removal. Um, It, you know, no one else really seems to care but him. Um, It's kind of only just something that kind of brings him a great personal pain. So, Joseph, I'm interested to know what you think about, you know, like is that storyline something that's going to continue? What can they do with that specifically um, if it's not going to be, you know, something that involves other characters um, and well, yeah, galactic consequences?
1: It's it's hard because I mean, again, you we are postmoderns. We live in a postmodern world, and and most of the people who you know, are making the show are, are thoroughly going sort of postmodern in the sense that they, they do believe that you know, um, you know, believe in your religion, but not too much, you know, kind of the thing are, are more towards, but all of us you know, are more, that's more towards our bias uh, today. Um, so I, I think prediction wise, <clears throat> the thing is, and you point this out, the, the helmet is a practice of the religion that prevents intimacy. It prevents true intimacy. If you cannot take off your helmet to any other person, um, then you cannot be intimate in the way that makes people human. And so uh, it, it's, it's um, it, it, again, it's, like, it's not like, oh, you can't take it off except in certain circumstances with certain people. It's like, no, you cannot take it off in front of another living soul. And since the whole thrust of this story is somebody learning to open up and be intimate with other people. Um, and they've already shown another way of being Mandalorian that does not include always having your helmet on. Mm-hmm. And so I think that the show is going towards the idea of a sort of syncretistic idea of there are good things about our heritage worth holding on to mm-hmm. that make Mandalorian, make make Mando a really powerful and compelling person, but there are things that need to be jettisoned. And and although that that's and that's probably a, a right, you know message to do but it's also predictable one because that's the Mm -hmm. air we live in I also think that again they've set up a new conflict on that same order which is the fact that the one of the other characters um whose name Boko Katan, I'm butchering it I think yeah. yeah um um has to kill him because if she does she doesn't then she doesn't get the spirit, the the dark saber she wants, which she wants to rule over. And so she's got a rigid set of rules now, her own rigid set of rules that are putting his life at risk. And so this is another place on his path of being like, these rigid rules are causing conflict, causing the problem. And we need to be flexible about them in order to actually have a flourishing life, which is sort of, you know, again, Merchant of Venice does a similar thing where it's like, you know, some of these are good. So I think that there's So I think that that's obviously where the story is going to go. My concern is that as it might become too um, uh, 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 not complicated, maybe too simple going forward, because if Mando has made that decision, then he doesn't have anything internally conflicting anymore. He just has conflicts with other people who haven't become as enlightened as he is. So that's, I think, my concern narratively. For where it is going forward, but again, you know they've had a fairly decent track record of doing a pretty doing the show in this regard. So I have some hope that they will be able to pull some twists in uh, in that regard.
0: Yeah, and I think that's super interesting, and I agree with you there. I think, I mean, just also interesting, and I think Paul in um, in kind of response to your point about you know is Mando going to become like a universalist? Um, approach, <laughs> um may, I guess maybe. Um, because I think, Joseph, you mentioned how, you know, when he takes his helmet off, that is allowing intimacy for other people. And something that I have learned, which is I'm going to gonna maybe dive into lore, but I'll do my best to explain it because I'm not an expert on it. Either. <laughs> um, something that I've learned in my reading is that the, the particular sect of Mandalore that, or Mandalorian creed that Mando was raised in um, was a little bit cultish. In in um, in the eyes of other Mandalorians, um, their goal was to establish ancient ancient traditions, um, which included things like wearing the helmet all the time, but which also included um, like warlike behavior, um, waging wars against other species and other people groups, um, and generally more violent behavior. Um, and one of the groups that would um, encourage this kind of conflict um, was the Jedi. So Mandalorians and Jedi are not supposed to get along. Um, And I think Mm -hmm. the way that Mando was raised is kind of meant to encourage that and encourage more tension um, and more violence between them. But what we've seen over the progression of the series is that um, Mando opens himself up to that intimacy and connection with other um, beings, whether it's Baby Yoda or even like Cara Dune or just kind of any of his other uh, reoccurring sidekicks. Um, and so I think that that also just naturally leads to an openness and acceptance of other creeds that aren't his own. Yeah. Um, maybe that doesn't mean he'll become like an active universalist and will, you know, encourage that. Um, but I think in his own, in his own belief and in his own way of living, um, it definitely has changed from something more individualistic and ritualistic to something that is more um open to other creeds and open to other Mm -hmm. people
2: yeah well it's fascinating to think about you know it's like can a mandalorian and a uh and jedi get along can a muslim and a jew get along you know in the modern world um right and and then um you know i think back to there was one scene where he he was the character was helping to defend this small village that was being attacked by Raiders and there is a, a woman who seems to like him, there's a little maybe a romantic uh flair who she kept asking him to take his helmet off. He wouldn't do it mm-hmm. um in her presence or anything. And um you see him again living by this code. And if um now going forward next season, I'm curious to know uh um yeah, yeah what when when one opens oneself up to intimacy, takes off that helmet, one opens oneself uh um also to danger right the helmet Mm -hmm. itself made of beskar steel protects him from from laser beams and all kinds of things yeah Uh, and in the same way one could say a um head covering uh, some muslim women articulate why head covering makes them feel Mm -hmm. safe um so that there'll be interesting tension that that we see yeah um now when do we when do we know is the next season coming how long do we have to wait till we get next christmas next christmas all right Yeah. And any final thoughts or predictions from either of you before we uh, say goodbye today and to this season of The Mandalorian?
0: Um, I'm hes—I'm hesitant to make predictions, especially because the, uh, the last episode left everyone with a lot of what-ifs. Um, I'm curious even to know where they'll go narratively. I guess I won't spoil it so you don't have to cover your ears, Paul, since you haven't seen the last episode. Um, <laughs> but I think... Um, I guess what I can say um, without spoiling too much is that um, Mando and Baby Yoda aren't a unit anymore. Um, Baby Yoda is going to pursue his Jedi training, which I think is really great and kind of was a great character development moment for him. Um, but it leaves me to wonder kind of what his mission or purpose will become now that I think he's no longer his purpose and his mission is no longer just the religious devotion of his people and it's no longer the protection and attachment to the child um, which it became you know kind of as he slowly eased himself out of his devout religious beliefs so I'm interested to see kind of where his character goes um, and you know where he finds his purpose and how that relates to um kind of both of these aspects of his character that he holds dear so yeah
1: i i think that the the obvious the, the answer to me is that it's going to focus on mandalore and his relationship with the other mandalorian sex because they've set up that clearly that conflict of she has to kill him in mm-hmm. order to get what she wants and i think that they're probably going to deal with more of that um that 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 conflict of like is it, are you being too rigid? If it causes, if your, if your beliefs cause you to harm others, like force you to harm others um, is, are you being too rigid? Um, I think that's probably where they're gonna go. Um, I, it's kind of, to me having, you know, Mandalorian without Baby Yoda is like having Sherlock without Watson. It's like, I don't know how long you can do it um, or what replacements, you know, cause you have, they will put in for like the innocence versus the stoic um, in there. <clears throat> um, I, I will also say though, I think that, and again, without spoiling anything that happens at the end, um, particularly that thing, uh, I will say that they're very committed to um, fan service. Uh, they're very committed to doing things that are gonna get the show trending on Twitter. And also, yeah. uh, and, and I don't mean that in a cynical way, exactly, a little bit in a cynical way, but like all the, all the things that people complained about in the sequel trilogy, they're very committed to being like. Here's all of the things. We're also fanboys. We also want to see all the matchups. Like we want to see Mando versus you know Ahsoka. You know, uh, uh, you know, we're we're we we are fanboys as well. So we are committed to doing all those things. And so you're going to see a lot more of that. Whatever is sort of on point to um, uh, to get the fanboys screaming wildly like they do in a
2: theater in a Marvel movie. They're very committed to doing that as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Great. Well, I want to thank you, Joseph Holmes and Jillian Chaney for being here today and chatting with us on the Religion Unplugged podcast. So
0: thank you very much.
2: And look forward to the next time we can do this. Absolutely. This episode of the Religion Unplugged podcast was hosted by executive editor Paul Gladder, edited and produced by Peter Freeby. Special thanks to Religion Unplugged managing editor Megan Clark. The Religion Unplugged podcast is a production of religionunplugged.com and is a part of The Media Project, a nonprofit dedicated to equipping journalists to cover religion. To read our award-winning global religion news coverage or to find out more about Religion Unplugged or The Media Project, Visit ReligionUnplugged.com or follow us on Twitter at ReligionMag.